from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. This is a really kind of straightforward way of of providing that testing, providing that um, intervention when it's needed. You can really get little kids to do their own COVID tests? We really can. They say it's as easy as picking their nose. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's almost easier to do a don't ask, don't tell. Like, I just don't even want to know because this is going to be such an inconvenience on my life. How do you handle those kind of concerns? I'm Sarah Fenske. The federal government has earmarked $185 million for COVID-19 testing in Missouri schools. It's part of the Centers for Disease Control's Reopening Schools Initiative, which aims to keep K-12 schools open and keep kids safe, even as the pandemic drags on. But as of last Friday, Missouri had spent less than $2 million of that money. That's according to the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. In an email last week, they told us that only five local education agencies across Missouri had signed up to create a testing program under the reopening schools plan. One district that did, though, was a big one. The Kansas City Public Schools signed up for screening testing with the state's chosen contractor, Ginkgo Bioworks, this fall. And Director of Nursing Lauren Grimes said this about the district's experience. We've been using Ginkgo about a month. It's been going really well. A few kinks to work out when it first started, but we figured it out. The kids and adults self-administer the nasal swabs. It takes just seconds. Ginkgo provides a team that comes into the schools and handles all the testing. The school nurse just provides the list of students and staff that have signed up. Results are returned within 24 to 48 hours. It's been especially useful during this fall allergy season as we've been able to distinguish between runny noses and COVID. And that is Lauren Grimes, director of nursing for the Kansas City Public Schools. As of a week ago, they were one of just five local education agencies across Missouri that had COVID-19 screening testing programs in place. That's even though the testing is totally free to districts. And now in the last week, that program has seen growth. As of today, 18 districts across Missouri have screening testing underway. That's 101 different Missouri schools. And that still leaves a lot of schools without a testing program. And Joining us now with more on Ginkgo BioWorks screening testing program is Karen Hogan. She's a PhD and she is the company's Midwest regional lead for K through 12 COVID testing. So Karen Hogan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So Karen, when people think of COVID tests, they think of people getting tested when they're sick and showing symptoms. That's not how your program works for K through 12 schools. How does screening testing work? Yeah, thank you. That's a great distinction. I've actually had one of those uh, tests where, you know, the the swab goes all the way up to what feels like your brain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is not at all what that that program is. Um, Essentially, CDC has recommended an additional layer of mitigation for COVID, and that's regular testing in schools. The way it works is by inviting individuals, whether they're student or staff, to test, Um, you can catch an asymptomatic COVID case as early as possible. Mm. The fundamental idea is that when you catch those cases, um, you're able to isolate that person and get them the care they need, but you also dramatically break the cycle of transmission. We know asymptomatics can still transmit the disease. 
We know that children in particular can have high rates of asymptomatic COVID. Um, and so this is a really kind of straightforward way of, of providing that testing, providing that um, intervention when it's needed, and really helping keep as many kids in the classroom by reducing the transmission events. So if somebody tests positive, that way you can kind of get them out of the classroom. They're not there infecting a bunch of other kids before you have to do extensive contact tracing on everybody they might have breathed on. Exactly. So when we heard Lauren Grimes uh, with the Kansas City Schools talk about this, she explained that faculty and even kids are self-administering these tests. I can understand faculty doing it, but you can really get little kids to do their own COVID tests? We really can. They say it's as easy as picking their nose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my kids would be great at this, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I think actually the hardest group to get comfortable with it are middle schoolers because, you know, of course, they don't have boogies or anything. Um, (laughs) But no, it's really straightforward. It's almost like blowing your nose. It's a pretty short, shallow, shallow um, swab. And so when you explain it to kids, you know, you just say, hey, let's let's go right around four times. We often count with them as they're doing it. Now, we know that parents and some schools uh, would like the extra comfort of a healthcare provider actually assisting with um, administering that swab. And so that's definitely a part of this program. And we do, do see adoption um, of that option, especially for our smaller students. Okay, so not all kids are self-administering, but it sounds like some have figured it out. If people are part of this program, how often are they um, taking these tests? Just once a week. Um, in most cases, the test come back, comes back negative, which is really reassuring for our school communities. You know, on the one hand, as a scientist and a mother of school-aged children, we really want our students in the classroom if it's a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of out-of-class um, environment was really detrimental to a lot of students, both from learning losses, but also just you know social interactions and mental health. So we really value, you know, as a community, as a nation, students being in their seats in the classroom. But we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have children in households where there's babies or immunocompromised relatives or elderly relatives. And so that tension of, you know, making sure that we're doing effective public health um, interventions, but not disrupting the class time and keeping kids in school is is a major priority. And so that very short once a week um, testing is highly effective. And so if a school signs up for this, are they all in? All the kids are then doing it? Or is this something where then each individual family decides whether they want to opt in? You know, optionality is key here. That's definitely a part of the American identity. Um, and so the program is optional. A school can enroll and then the students, um, families, and the staff have the option of enrolling as well. We definitely have early adopters. We have uh, families that want to take advantage of any mitigation practice that can you know, be presented to them um, for whatever reasons they have. We have other families who want to see how it goes first and then might consent um, into the program. We still have other families that say, you know, testing is not where I would like um, 
in the school is not where I would like testing to take place. I'd rather, you know, do that with the privacy of my physician or community testing center. So making sure those options are available, letting people get comfortable with the mitigation strategy is, is a cornerstone of this program. We're curious to hear from people who have participated in a screening testing program like this, or if you're a parent and this is something your school has contemplated and you have questions or concerns about it, I'm going to open up the phone lines. You can call us at 314-382-8255. Again, that's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. So Karen, part of your job is to help districts see the value of this. And it seems like until recently, that was an effort that was sort of taking some time here in Missouri. Last week, there were just five districts signed up. I know that number has grown by leaps and bounds, and and people are now bringing their programs online. But why do you think this has been maybe a harder sell for some districts? Well, uh, just a little anecdote there, too. Our Missouri team has been on the phone around the clock the last uh, two days. So the, you know, inbound interest is definitely increasing. So the paradigm is changing here. People are are wanting to know about this. They do. I've termed it COVID confusion. <laughs> um, we, we are, I still have to get a trademark on that. Um, we're, you know, we're kind of at this area where students are developing coughs, they have allergies, you know, the symptoms that are aligned with COVID are also aligned with other illness, and especially, you know, common illnesses that we see in the fall and winter. Um, making sure that a testing program is in place that can help, you know, rule COVID out within the classroom is very important to schools. The, I, you know, awareness that we're going into indoor environments, mm-hmm. um, especially with sports and other activities in the classroom, you know, it's become very important to schools that they have a testing plan in place so that they can, you know, hedge against those cases, identify asymptomatics as fast as possible so that they can minimize the number of students um, who leave the classroom. So some parents I've talked to about this idea, they're worried because they say if their kid tests positive, they have to quarantine for two full weeks. This is even if nobody has any symptoms. And so it's almost easier to do a don't ask, don't tell. Like, I just don't even want to know because this is going to be such an inconvenience on my life. How do you handle those kind of concerns? As a working mother, I can completely relate to those concerns. Um, What we have seen, and as recently as yesterday, CDC came out and recognized um, that test-to-stay programs are looking very promising, and they're working with states on test-to-stay programs. So in addition to the screening program of regular testing, um, the Department of uh, Health and Senior Services and DESI, the Department of Education, have made available to Missouri schools a test-to-stay program. So when a close contact is identified, you can test those close contacts, and if they are presenting negative tests, they can stay in the classroom. Okay, so this would be this would really change that idea that so many schools have been operating under that if the friend that sits next to you tests positive, that then you're going to have to go isolate for two weeks. This would allow people to get back faster. Correct. And potentially not even leave the classroom if they're a close contact. You know, this is assuming that that close contact remains asymptomatic and participates in a testing program. But this is a game changer for communities because now that fear of 
sending kids home when they might be healthy enough to stay in school is removed. And so I think we're going to see a much greater adoption of testing programs um, as we help layer in the screening testing with a test to stay program. And so the test to stay, just to make sure I understand this, the current status of this, this is something that the CDC is, is saying, yeah, we see this as a good move for schools? They're seeing promising um, evidence of it, uh, and so they haven't offered out guidelines to states. They're working with states um, individually to see what testing program is going to work for each sta- with for each state. So this could be kind of maybe the next development um, if Missouri could uh, could figure out with the CDC how to make a test to stay program work. Yes, and actually Missouri has uh, figured out the program. So they um, made an announcement, I think maybe within the last two weeks, about Test to Stay. So in addition to you know learning about the screening program with us, we're also able to educate the schools about the Test to Stay option. So we are here as a resource. We host weekly webinars for our school leadership. Um, and as the guidance changes, you know, sometimes what might seem like daily for school communities, we really stay abreast of it in partnership with um, our state health departments um, and state education departments to make sure that we can help stu- help schools be aware of what's available to them. And we should note here, uh, the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, they stress that they have the resources to support any school interested in providing screening testing services for students and their staff members. They say the CDC has also expanded the use of reopening school funds so that states can support other strategies to prevent and detect COVID-19 in the school setting. They note that so far they've contracted over $10 million to local districts for implementation of additional mitigation activities on top of the money that's now being earmarked for these screening testing programs. So they're kind of proactively doing what they can to help their districts get their head around it. Uh, Karen, I mentioned some of the concerns from my fellow parents. I'm curious what kind of concerns you hear from districts districts as they're thinking about whether or not to do this and and maybe uh, address some of those concerns that you hear and, and what you're able to tell them in response. Our number one concern is that this is going to be very hard for the school to implement. You know, I think coming into this school year, we were all hoping, educational leadership in particular, that this was going to be an easier school year than last school year. Of course, the Delta variant um, you know, concern around masking, around COVID mitigation has made it actually a harder year for a lot of our schools. And so the idea of adding in a testing program, even though schools are great at administering tests, um, you know, it seems like a heavy burden and school nurses in particular are feeling really overwhelmed. So the fact that when they speak to us and find out that we can provide healthcare professionals so that Uh, as they were talking about um, in Kansas City, you know, all that they need to provide is a roster and then the healthcare professionals can help out. That really eases the minds of the schools. So this is really a turnkey solution if districts sign on for this. It is. And I always describe it as getting the Boeing 747 in the air. You know, the first couple weeks when you're getting all the kinks worked out can be a little bit of rocky, but we're always here to support the schools through that process. After a couple weeks, they're up and running and things continue smoothly. Mm-hmm. So we want to note here, just in our final minute, there are a number of, of local districts that have signed on. Hazelwood is on board, Ferguson Florissant, also some scattered smaller schools, charter schools throughout the area, Lafayette Prep, Confluence Academy, Flower, that's a Catholic school doing this. Just wondering, have you had conversations with the St. Louis public schools? Are they considering this, Karen? 
They are definitely aware of the program, and there's a lot for them to consider um, with such a large school district. And so we continue to engage with them in conversation, making sure that they feel comfortable about us as the testing partner and really seeing you know, the value for their community. Um, we're able to share out uh, other success stories for districts that are similar to St. Louis um, in order to help you know, demonstrate the value of this for really making sure that there's equitable access to testing this school year. Well, Karen Hogan, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and and telling us all about this program. Thank you so much. I really appreciated the conversation today. This episode was produced by Sarah Fenske and Laura Hamden, with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Matherglass. It was mixed and edited by Jane. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.